You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Weepa! What up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast, and today... I'm talking to a total queen of indie comics. I see my hustling for a minute, son. Uh, I love it. I love her hustle. I'm totally inspired by this woman right here. She does a whole lot of great stuff. She has the character called Raven Choice. She has the press called Shiro Comics, yo. She don't stop, yo. She a screenwriter, doing everything, pitching everywhere. She a kick-ass entrepreneur. Who am I speaking about? It's the one and only Shaquita Smith. What's up, hey. Emma? <laughs> How hey, you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> it's a good it's, day. It's a great day. Yo, first yes. off, yo, man, I'm so inspired by you. Thank you for what you do and your grind, yo. You keep me motivated, and I'm happy to have you on. So thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule just to chit-chat with me for a little bit. Thanks for having me, man. It's been yeah, a long abso- time. Absolutely. I haven't felt one of your guys. You guys don't know. <laughs> she gives the best hugs. 2019. <laughs> I'm still impressed by that hug. I still feel it to this day. She gives the best <laughs> hugs. Uh, so what? What you? What's up, Ma? How you been? How you been doing with COVID? Man, just working. Like COVID, the pandemic's been a blessing for me. I've been able to kind of just sit down and just go at it. Like I got four comic books that came out in the past eighteen months. Oh, wrote two movies. Um, just finished today, actually. I'm just polishing it right now, and then um, just been pitching on movies in Hollywood too. So the past year has been crazy. Yeah, I love folks. You hear this? Yo, woman keeps busy. I love it. But let's let's take a couple of steps back over here. Pop, pop, okay. pop. Let, let's do a rewind real quick, like an old school tape. All right. All right. <laughs> yes, folks, a tape. I'll show you one day what it looks like for you, young ones. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about how you even started. Yo, like, you know, where you from, and what was your first taste of any fandom that made you fall in love with it? Oh wow. Uh, I'm from Salisbury, North Carolina, which is a small town outside of Charlotte and Greensboro. It's kind of approximately in between both of those places. Um, I grew up reading Archie comics. That's all we had access to when we had a comic book shop in my town. So (laughs) I had Archie comic books. And then my grandmother would bring me the funny pages on Sunday mornings and just kind of hand them to me. So I read those. Um, I went to NC State. Uh, While I was at NC State, I was a rep for Def Jam Rockefeller. So the fandom that I started was the hip hop fandoms which was dmx jay-z uh drew hill um cisco we had oh, I, everybody you were in during that era that in, was during that era music, it was amazing girl. it was amazing i mean i met so many people i interviewed them music soul child ludicrous is the first person i ever interviewed ever it was the first um when what's your came out yeah so your first interview Breaking in is already the OG ludicrous before he was the OG. That's that's crazy. Before he man. was the OG, we had a it was it was a fun day hanging out with him. It was really a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I didn't even know that I was going to be writing really until my my English professor suggested it. She's like, you should really consider screenwriting. I'm just like, what the what? hell is that? So what year are we talking about? When, when, this when was that in, came into effect. when that came in. That was my freshman year of college. So that was like oh, '98. Nice. Yes, yeah, oh, wow. so yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> so, no, um, uh, nah, my, you were young. You better stop it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so my English professor suggested it to me. I didn't come back to it until maybe my senior year. I started working on scripts, and then I was a finalist in Sundance. And I was like, maybe I should take this seriously. So Def Jam was like, "Are you ready Wait. to come up north?" And I was Wait. like, "I'm gonna go out west." 
So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. A finalist on Sundance early on yeah. when you started. How, that was wait, my first script. How, how did you even get that to happen, Ma? That's the only place I knew about that I could submit a script to was Sundance, because of course everybody knows about Sundance. So oh, I just wow. submitted it, not even thinking anything, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're a finalist." So I was just like, "Oh, okay, what? so this is maybe I'm actually good at this." <laughs> Say words, so, so blessed yeah. from the get, girl. That's yeah. awesome. It's it's been a lot of things that have happened that have shown me that I'm supposed to be on this path as a storyteller, and those were the types of things that would happen that would be like, "Okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing." So after college, yeah, so you did that. Nice. Okay. So you did that, and how did you move forward from there? Um, I spent about two years out of outside of college at home, just kind of working on stuff, writing stuff. So Raven Choi was the second screenplay I ever wrote, was Raven Choi. And then I was doing comic book stuff. I started working on this comic that was going to be like a Black Jetsons. Um, I still have the concept uh, art. So we did like a lot of concept art I'm during that time. It. So comics were already in the play. Wait, but I, I, yeah, like, can you talk about that for a minute? You fucking yeah. man, I love the, I love the whole idea already. <laughs> Black Jetsons. What, what makes was, what's the difference from the White Jetsons? <laughs> I don't I don't know what it was going to be. It was like it was just the way the look of the way we drew them was kind of like the Black Jetsons. Okay. I'll show it to you. I have I still have the concept art. I'm not sure it. where I was going with the story or whatever. Like I'd never really got anywhere with it. Which time we created that, <laughs> kind of get a look on it, but. I'm not sure where I was going with that. That was like 20 years ago. So yeah, I'm we still sure. got to do that. We need that. I think I, know. I, I think I would love to see that shit right I, now. I, I need look. to look back at that, and definitely. But so, yeah, so comics were already kind of in the mix. Um, I moved to L.A. in 2004. Um, I worked on Everybody Hates Chris as like a, the PA, the first PA. that, And then I worked on Flavor of Love, which was absolutely crazy. It was the, the first season with New York. And <laughs> oh, was, all right. Oh, yeah, it was wait, a mess. you involved in that joint. So wait, how, yes. how did you even start stepping into that industry? Like, was it hard? I don't, what like, did you someone do? Someone contacted me. I I used to work um, for this company that did. Um, they used to do medical shows, um, and so they knew about me because I could type really fast. So I used to do logging for the writers. I would tell them what was happening in each scene, uh, and so. Um, they called me about the Flavor of Love thing out of nowhere. And so I went to work on that show. I worked on the first two seasons, which was crazy. So blessed. So blessed, girl. Wow. But then Hollywood wasn't paying me no money, really. So I was like, I got to I gotta make money. So, so really, I, they're that cheap on you out there? I, I mean, the PA back then it was like $8 an hour or something. So what? Like, okay. Yo, that's not even minimum right now. No. Son, well, not crazy. now, but back then it probably was. But it, I was like. I even yeah. right now it's still probably eight dollars an hour. <laughs> probably so. I don't think it's changed too much at, at all. So, yeah. So back then it was just like I'm not making enough money to live comfortably in, in LA. So I'm like I'm gonna do what I know how to do, which is go to marketing and sales. So I went to work in corporate America for about 15 years. I worked for Nike for a couple of years. I worked for Coca-Cola right. for several years. Wow. I used to run stuff in Beverly Hills for Coke. So that was a lot of fun. It was interesting. Oh, um, check but, you out, yo, Jesus! Yeah. You inspired the shit out of me. You you work for top <laughs> companies like that, yo. That's yeah, awesome. Right? Well, what was the murder. approach? Show people, tell people how how you <laughs> did it though. How did you land in those type of spots? Um, well, I from promotions and stuff with Def Jam in college. Marketing was kind of my thing, and sales was my thing. So I I knew I wanted to go work for Coca Cola. I started talking about it months before before I even applied. And so I went in and did one interview, and they I was like, they stupid, they don't hire me. And so they hired me. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't stupid. stupid. They weren't stupid. <laughs> so they hired me. So I went in and I worked uh, at Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. I was um, a rep in Pasadena for about two years, three years. And then three years in Beverly Hills. It switched me over to there. So I was handling stuff for them. And while I was doing that, 
every year my tax returns, I would use that money to shoot a short film. So I was able to do my writing stuff by financing through my day job. Love so that's what I did for a long time until things broke for me. And about what? 2019 is when it really happened with um, Ron Howard's program. Um, I was a part of Imagine Impact. But I wanted to write a movie in eight weeks. So it was like hey. a boot camp. A boot camp. So you, how, how did you even find out of this boot camp and how was the whole experience? They were advertising it. I mean, it was a new program, kind of like a um, incubator, like they do in Silicon Valley. And so the first year I heard about it, I applied. I didn't get in, but I didn't think I did well in the video. The next time I was like the same Coca-Cola strategy, like, okay, I'm getting in this time. This is what I'm going to do. So I did a, I did a cool video kind of showing off what I'd done in the comic book world and just kind of how I, I like badass women. And the story I was pitching to them was about a badass woman. And so they they nice. picked me for the program. It was the same thing. It was like I went in for the interview. Like they stupid if they don't hire me, <laughs> and then they called me. So I was like, Ron Howard called me actually. So I what? went in and Ron Howard called. Ron Howard called me. So you know Say my Comic Con Shiro Con. It was the second, so the first year of it actually. The first time I did Shiro Con. Two days later, I was like, I'm gonna start working on Raven Choi book three or book four. And Ron Howard called me like, I want you to come be in this program. I was like, This is Ron Howard for real. <laughs> so yeah, it was crazy. Uh, is that a prank call? Get out of here. Yeah, Come I was almost didn't answer it. I was like, who was this called me from Beverly Hills? <laughs> Say words so random yeah. like that. So random like that. So I went in that program and wrote a screenplay in uh eight weeks and came out of the program with my agent and my manager. Um Ooh. just ready to kick ass and was has been writing and pitching and stuff ever since. So, so you yeah. recommend programs like that to people that want to get in? It's the best way to get in because you kind of have, you know, they, they kind of vouch for you that you're a good writer. I mean, but they, got, they got to invite you though, no? Well, you, you apply, but then you okay. have to, you have to have a product that's good enough that they want to, you know, back and you have to have something that they're interested in. So um, the product, the project that I worked on was called taking the throne. It's about a, a black girl takes a DNA test and finds out she has, um, she's kin to a tribe in Africa. And it's a really rich tribe that owns di a diamond mine. So the, the the queen is dying and they want her to come and be their next queen. So it's a whole lot of drama and oh, it's a shit. fun story. It's kind of like the Black Princess Diaries. Um, I got you. I'll give you Puerto Rican King Diaries. I'm afraid to do my 23 and <laughs> Me because if I if I'm Indian royalty in Puerto Rico, man, they better yeah. watch out, bro. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what happened. I was going to take a DNA test and I'm like, what if I'm king? I'm king to, to Shaka Zulu or somebody? Like, what what's this on me? Yeah, exactly. well, apparently yeah. with my wife and daughter, they did it, right? So my wife mm -hmm. was like maybe 2% Indian, but my, my daughter wound up being a very high percentage Indian. Oh, wow. So which okay. means, okay, she gets that from daddy. Like, now okay. I'm like, like, I'm about to do mine and see how far okay. I'm in within my own, because I always told them, I know for a fact I'm Spaniard and Taino, for a fact. Because mm -hmm. I met okay. my great-grandma. Okay. And, and she looked straight up like a Indian woman, you know what I mean? Straight mm -hmm. up, okay. Know, old, old school, so it's like I always knew that. So when mm -hmm. I saw that, it gave me that, like, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I win there. But what else am I apparently? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool to kind of get that. Like, I found out, like, I'm almost every country in Africa except four I have lineage to. Oh, oh so you're like, gonna laugh here. My wife loves uh the Nigerian reggae music. What's that called? Yeah, again? the the the, the Afrobeats. Uh, uh, the Afrobeats. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, she, oh, yeah, we're about to go see some homies soon in Orlando. Okay. They're doing a concert, right? Oh, nice. And so when she gets a twenty three in me, that's all after, of course. So she already loves this. She goes, like, mm -hmm. "Oh my god, no wonder I love it. I'm three percent Nigerian." <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll tell her I'm like 33% Nigerian, I believe is what I am. But I found uh, out that I have Jamaican roots. And that's my thing. Like, hey, like reggae music is no like. No wonder you have so many jobs. Hey, man. Yes. But, and that's what everybody says. Like, when I go to Jamaica, they're like, oh, you're coming home? You're from here? I'm just like, no, I'm not. But then when I took the DNA test, it shows me that I have lineage to Jamaica. Like my great grandfather on my father's yeah, side. Yeah, like apparently I am now, guys. So sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm coming home. Get my my um, <laughs> get my my passport for Jamaica happening. So, so I, I want people home. to know over here about Son Man because Raven Choi has been a, a character you've been working on. Like you said, yeah. you, you know, you got Volume Four popping. So explain to people who Raven is. Well, we just released Volume Five on Saturday. Five, oh god! So we're done. So it's it's complete. Jesus <laughs> the Raven Boy coming of age story is done. Finally, thank you. Really, it's so done. It, it, it's a five parter. It's a five parter, and then next the next step is we're going to trade paperback. Hopefully by Christmas. What? I don't know. It just depends oh. on what happens in the next Dude, few months. Look at you smashing <laughs> it! So tell people who Raven yeah. is. Okay, so Raven is about a girl. She's five years old. A hitman kills her parents right in front of her. They send her off to Korea as witness protection where she's adopted by her father's best friend. She spends 20 years in Korea um, as a, you know, grows up in, in the, um, the culture. She finds a clue her dad left in her teddy bear. It's a taped confession of what he knew. And so she decides to come back to America to find the killer and she becomes a bounty hunter in the process. So it's a real kick-ass uh, black chick, grew up, grows up in Korea. She's a martial artist because that's, she, they put her in martial arts when she was young to kind of control her anger, her issues from like her parents being killed or whatever. And so she gets really, really good at it. And so we're going to go back and do a prequel showing her as a kid. But uh, this book is just a coming of age story of her as like a 25 year old, like going from a kid to a 25 year old and showing her finding the killer. So um, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So when are we getting the full length movie on Raven, huh? <laughs> I don't know if we're, I'm like I'm not focused on the movie next actually interestingly no? enough I wrote a pilot for it they wanted me to do TV I wrote a pilot for it but I'm not going in that direction right now we're going towards the gaming world right now so Say that's what we're gaming. gaming talk about that girl hey, yeah well I'm gonna have a lot to talk about but it's just like I've been been in meetings or whatever with people just talking about it so that's where I'm taking Raven. I want some Tomb Raider type of stuff to happen with her. I have a whole Ooh. idea for a, a story for what she's going to be doing with the, the Sabres, who are her, the two guys who help her in DC. So, um, yeah, I'm like, that's where I'm on right now. It's the whole gaming world. Oh, I love that. Yo. And, and kind of what really made you decide to take that step? Or what is it about that narrative that attracts um, you more? I just feel like, kind of like I felt when I started in the comics with Raven, it was just like, there's a there's a place for us there and there's no there's no paint there like there's not really anything no black uh, woman is leading that type of story and then it's just like there's there's a whole big world out there that loves games and it's just like why not put raven into that i mean we've already kind of traveled with the books to different countries so it's just like why about why not go back there with a game for them to play through her and kind of feel what her vision or what she what she's out here doing kicking ass through raven so and I'm a ga- I like games. I'm a gamer. I love Mortal Kombat. Like when Mortal Kombat came out a few months ago, I ran out the whole theater to go watch it by myself. So that's uh, just, I, lo- that's I like that movie. I actually enjoyed the hell out of it. And I like the I video did. game, especially now that I could be spawned. So yes. if you ever want to play me, uh, I- I'm more than willing to kick your ass. Okay. Well, you on PlayStation? I- I'm on Xbox, though. Can we play together on there? I don't know. If it has a cross-platform possibility, just let me know. I'm okay. very willing to kick your I ass don't think point. you're going to beat me, but you <laughs> can play. But yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm, I'm talking shit here, folks. You'll probably <laughs> fucking smash me in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. All right, so let's get into those video games, dude. Too. Let me mm-hmm. ask you, what, what, okay. what was your go-to video game back in the day, other than Mortal Kombat? If, if not that, oh, I think it was Mortal Kombat. Like Mortal Kombat, oh, I love Super Mario. Um, I love Donkey Kong. I love Pac-Man. Like the old school games, Galaga. I'm into all of those types of games. Um, Street Fighter, of course, they had. I mean, it was like they had the Asian side of things, and I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with Asian, just like Wu Tang, and, and how they're obsessed with us. It's like if, I think their culture is is dope, and so I like mixing our. I like to make. I like mixing cultures, so you'll see that in my writing and uh, types of things that I do. Like I have a black girl that goes to Russia type of story, so it's just like I'm into that type of stuff. It's kind of crossing cultures. I dig so it. That it's was just- what the gaming world was for me. Since you mentioned Wu Tang, have you been watching the show? It's when it gets on lower. You, I haven't right? gotten to the new season. I've, no? I I binge watched the first uh, season like overnight. I was up until like six in the morning watching because it, it was so Same good. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, so I'm like, I just finished a new script, so now I have some time to go and like binge watch everything. So I'm ready to go. Wait, go back wait until you get to season two. Get into the music, and it's gonna be the yeah. Awesome all of a sudden, you I, I guarantee you're going to be standing up in the middle of, the, of, of your living room <laughs> talking about you. I know yeah. I am. <laughs> I am a Wu fan. So, yeah, Wu Tang love the kids. <laughs> no, excellent. Oh, how important is music in what you do? Oh, my gosh. So, like I said, I started in music. And so, when I'm writing, I have to make a soundtrack. Like, that's just, I have to make a soundtrack before I write. So, like, the story I wrote this year, early this year, was a Native American story. So I went and found Native American chant music to kind of listen to, to, to oh. visualize the scenes. Um, the script that I just finished today that I'm polishing right now, it's a, um, it's like Miss Congeniality set in a megachurch. So it's a, it's a Christian <laughs> script, but it's like a, it's still a, a police FBI buddy comedy. But with that one, it's like a lot of upbeat gospel, like a lot of Kirk Franklin. So like I can see the scenes hey. and what's happening in the scenes. So it's, it's pivotal for me. I mean, I can write without it, but with it, it's just like I can see things. It helps me visualize. So music is very important for me. I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I call it, you know, people sometimes call it the noise for me because I, I put on a little bit of anything and everything, whether it's metal, mm-hmm. hip hop, symphony, yep. bachata, merengue, reggaeton. You know <laughs> what I mean? I have the craziest mix that even my next door neighbor was like, yo, kid, you inspire me, bro. What the hell are you listening to? You? <laughs> hey, what's that playlist, son? You got to hook me up. <laughs> yep. That's the way I am. I leave here playing like gospel music and I come back playing Muse and my neighbors are just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was music. How dare you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Is religion important in, in your creation since you mentioned like, um, you know, Christian and gospel and all that? Well, I, I'm, I, I grew up in the South, so I'm in the Bible Belt. I wouldn't consider myself very <laughs> religious, though. I'm very more so spiritual. So, like, the past two scripts that I wrote went from Native American spirituality and all of that to, like, this, where it's just, like, more organized religion. So the story is this guy who's not very religious having to go undercover as a preacher. So it's that type of story where he kind of finds his faith in the middle of all of that. And so um, I... My spirituality is just like it overtakes everything. My relationship with God is just so strong. So it's just like in in Hollywood, <laughs> if you don't have a relationship with God, you better find one because this place is Great. absolutely bananas. Yeah, it's like that was playground, kiddo. <laughs> it is. So it's just something in the air. I tell you. So you gotta and, have and, some kind and, of and foundation. Yeah, yeah, and that too is more than that. But yeah, so you have to have that foundation of some kind of spirituality or something that grounds you or have really good people around you as well, because this town is not for the weak. How have, <laughs> you, how have you found the people in your team that, that, that support, um, you know, everything that is Shiro? Yeah, my tribe. Um, 
people that I came out here with, some people that are still here, they're people that I meet through other people, um, people I met at Comic Cons, you know, people that are interested in what I'm doing. So I, I meet people in all on LinkedIn. I met someone this past weekend that kind of walked into my life and just been helping ever since. So it's just like, yeah, I meet people in all different places, but um, I've been able to kind of pick out good people. That's the thing you have to be able to pick out the right people that aren't the jealous or aren't, you know, the people that aren't um, trying to take you down. <laughs> and that's the thing. You, that's, there's a lot of sharks out there in this, in this town. So you kind of have to watch out for that. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why, why do you think people have that type of nature? Why are they so afraid of competition? Because they're people. And, they're people. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know how to process their emotions. They don't know how to deal with, you know, maybe childhood traumas or just things that they grew up with. There's some people that are still talking about stuff that happened to them in the fifth grade. So now that they got some power in Hollywood, it's like, I'm going to make everybody, you know, suffer because you didn't, that girl didn't go off me in the fifth grade. So this girl, I'm going to make her do this. And so it's just like a lot of people, I think a lot of people's traumas are coming out in their status. When they get bigger, they just kind of, I mean, you are who you are. So it's like, I think Oprah says it's like whoever you were before you had money, it only exacerbates. It only gets bigger when you do have money. So you get to be that person times 10. If you're a bad person when you're broke, <laughs> you can only imagine what you are when you're rich. We're talking on that pile of business, like even worse than rock. Okay? Well, yeah. <laughs> do you watch Power at all by 50 Cent? I don't. I don't like 50 Cent. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. I'm sorry. No I just don't. I, mean, I like his music or whatever. I just don't like the stuff that he does out here in these okay. streets. I, I mean, you saw it. what happened when Michael K. Williams died and him like tweeting that stuff. It was just like, he's, well, he's, he's a social media uh, ass for sure. Yeah, that's my problem but, with him. It's like, uh, you ain't got to be like that, though. It's just I, like, you are no successful. One, I hate you. This is why, for example, when uh, they did the recent, recent verses, I don't know if you saw it, Fat Joe mm -hmm. and Ja Rule. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Which was big. It was really yeah. big, over 2 million viewers. And yes, mm -hmm. Swiss Beats says nothing about that. But within that, what I kept reading, because I'm a person, I'm uh, even though I'm watching them, I'm really mm -hmm. watching the comments. And yeah. all I kept seeing was, where's 50? Why isn't 50 commenting? Where's 50? Because, mm -hmm. you know, with ja, ja Rule there, you would think he would start cracking jokes. Mm. But, what, well, you know, it's like, damn, you're 50 that big? But stop it, bro. Your negativity is too powerful. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I, I stay away from negativity as much as I can because you can't be you can't be positive and be a light if you've got people pulling you down and with negative stuff that's unnecessary. Yeah, I'm not about that. This is why I love what you mm -hmm. do because you're all about yeah. empowerment. You yeah. keep like navigating. Look at you. You saying you, you do movies. You got comics. You do short yeah. films. You work the music. And you incorporate all that knowledge that you've experienced. You know, in, mm -hmm. in this journey. So what are some kind of the key ingredients for success that you could tell any oh. people up and coming, you know, with that sauce you've been doing? <laughs> the key ingredient for success, um, I would just say working hard and staying focused. That's half the battle. Because some people are just like you, you get on, you, you get distracted with something and you start going in another direction. It's just like, really? What happened for me was, I mean, I'm a writer, I'm this, I'm that, I'm all I'm a direct and all this stuff. It's like, okay, where's there a way to bring it all together? So it's all working together. So that's what she wrote comics, where it's multimedia, where we focus on films, games, and comics. So instead of having three separate companies for that, it's bringing it all under one umbrella to where there's a focus behind it, to where you can just focus on the company as a whole. 
a lot of people have a lot of different avenues and trying to do a lot of different things at the same time. It's just like, okay, is there a way to, to bring that together? Is there a way to kind of like um, make it all and streamline it or whatever? So that's one of my things I, I feel like to success is like streamlining your, your vision, your goals and kind of put them together. Um, another thing is meeting people, trying to meet the right people, strategize, look up people. Um, that's, I got, I was in InStyle magazine, I think in 2019, maybe. That was because I strategized. I met the editor and I told her what I was doing. I showed her what I was doing. And she was like, okay, we can write about this girl. And that's how I got in the InStyle. And I'm not a celebrity. I'm not Jada. Like, Jada Pinkett's article was next to mine. I'm just like, is this real? Oh, <laughs> but after just someone and me meeting the editor and telling her who I was. And she put me in the magazine. So I was just like, yeah, it's just like you got to hustle and, and strategize and, and try to get into the people's ears that you want to be the one to be a part of your crew or whatever. So. Really, that's what it is, too. How, how do you find out about where to be, though? Because how do you even yeah. run into that opportunity? Paying attention. Damn. <laughs> you have to pay attention. There was a, there's a lot of stuff online, a lot of social media stuff that's happening. There's a lot of yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just like, okay, let me see what's going on. So there was a, an event that was in L.A. that they were hosting. She was going to be at. And I was just like, okay, she's going to be there. I'm going to be there. That's, that's the street hustling, yeah. the Def Jam days, the hustling and try to get to, like, that's that's where that comes in place. So it's like, yeah. let me go be there, go listen to her. And right afterwards, I was standing on the side of the stage to talk to her. And then some, there were some other girls that were there, too, and they knew who I was somehow. I don't, I don't know how. Oh, they were like, right. they nice. know what she comics is? So that helped, too, because she was like, oh, well, they know who she is. And so that's nice. what happened. So I was like, yeah, it's just strategizing. So I, I want to make sure you ain't hire those mommies, right? You, you, there was, no, I didn't know who they were. I was surprised that they knew who I was. I was just like, oh, okay. I love <laughs> no. it. So, yeah. Yeah, a little bit about Shiro. When did you even come up with the concept to develop Shiro Comics, yeah. and what's the full, you know, uh, mission statement for it? Oh, the mission statement. Well, our goal is to help women find their superpowers, help minority women find their superpowers in the uh, worlds of films, games, and comics. Um, that's what we're trying to do here, and that's what I do with Shiro Con is to try to bring women together so they can feel safe. They can feel like they're seen and they can feel like they're heard. There's a lot of, uh, we have a Shiro Alley of all women. So that's kind of what my um, my concept is, especially minority women, but women as a whole as well, all over the world. So um, yeah, Shiro Comics, I was working for Coca-Cola. I was in Beverly Hills, driving down the street. And I was trying to think of Raven Choi Films was my company before I had the comic books. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to release the books underneath that name because it's the name of the book. And so I was like, what's the name of my company then that I can publish this under the arm? And so Shiro just kind of came to me. I was just like, oh, that's probably going to be gone. So I got home, went on um, GoDaddy, and Shiro Comics was available. I was just like, that's stupid. Oh, no one's this. Like, like, no oh, one's this before. <laughs> so you were like that like, Kermit meme, right? You were like no. that Kermit meme typing, oh, shit, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, let me buy this right now. And so I bought the, the site or whatever, and then released the first book on it and at comic cons when we got to the first comic con i had like a step and repeat i had a little a thing made up so people can take pictures on it and that was like a hit like people love that they love shiro comics little girls were walking by like shiro I it was just like it was yeah okay yeah, it was so <laughs> inspirational for them i'm just like wow there's really something to this and so yeah, so we kept releasing the books or whatever and, and kept traveling with it to military bases and to comic cons or whatever and just the reaction from them with Shiro Comics, it's just like that grew into something bigger than I ever thought it would be. The, the Comic Con, the going around the, con the world or whatever type of thing. Like, 
and it was in 2018 when I saw you last at New York Comic Con. Yes. I had um, uh, Marv, um, uh, who's it, Blade? Um, what's Marv? Wolfman. Wolfman. Yeah. So me and Marv had been at the Comic Con here in LA before, and we were neighbors before. So I ran into him in New York, and he was like, Shaquita, he was like, every time he says, he's like, Shiro Comics, like, why not think of that? I'm like, Marv, you had like, you had the whole 60s to think of this. Nobody was thinking about women. All these years in comics, okay. y'all was thinking about us. Talking so, all this shit about yeah. women, equal rights, and y'all never thought about this, right? Because I'm like, y'all never thought about women before. So he's like, that is such a great name, Shaquita. And so yeah. then in, in New York, he was like, yeah, you better go ahead and trademark that. I was like, I'd already kind of started on that. And so he was like, you better go ahead and trademark that. And I was just like, yeah. Let me go ahead and do that. I already got the everything else was already together and I'd already been selling under the name. That's what they want at the trademark office. You need to be selling yeah. already. You need proof so, of use. Yeah. Right. Proof of use. And so I already had that proof or whatever. And so went ahead and filed it and it was history. Like I actually it's I couldn't trademark the word comics. So I ended up just trademarking the word Shiro, which is even more beneficial okay. because now Shiro is mine for um Beautiful. all of the, the categories oh, wait, that I have. So, so you couldn't do Shiro comics, but you could do mm -hmm. Shiro. Yes. So okay, just that's good. That's cool, though. That's your word. Hell that's yeah. even better. But I mean, comics can't be trademarked because you know comics is yeah, yeah. But Shiro is. Well, a wait word a minute. That if that's trademark. the case, then the San Diego Comic Con needs to stop its nonsense by using the word Comic Con. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I, that whole thing with them and and the what Salt Lake City or whatever—it was just like, why are y'all even wasting time? Only the lawyers are getting paid. This is just. It belongs to the people. It's yeah. just like it belongs to us who attend Comic Cons. It's ours. It's a Comic Con. You don't own that name. That no. It's a comic convention. I tell you, how could you own the word of an event? Stop. I don't know. I don't know what that was about, but I know when I went to do file for Shiro Comics, they were like, comics is a word that's kind of a general, you know, word. You can't create trademark okay. that, but Shiro. And I'm just like, great, because I like Shiro. <laughs> like, that's like how Marvel had Marvel comics, but they just go by Marvel. So I'm just like, I'm good with Shiro. So so when it comes to your fun, is that something that you created, you know, and is unique to Shiro? What do you mean? Uh, my what? The font for your logo. Oh, the font? I, 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 created... I was speaking to Janice Chang, right? And she was telling yeah. me all about unique fonts and all this. Yeah. So I was like, now nah, I'm interested. So the, well, that's these unique why... fonts? That font, I was a font that I bought um, okay. online or whatever. I had rights to use it for commercial purposes. And so I wanted something that was as simple as the other logos, but then I wanted a little bit of extra. So at the O of Shiro, the reason why it's a target is because a lot of times minority women are targeted for stereotypes or whatever. So that's, what that means. so that's why the O is like that as a target, it's like a crosshair, because we're always in the, the mix of being in someone's scapegoating us, doing all kinds of stuff to us. I'm just like, well, I'm going to make the target for good. So that's and what I don't understand that. I, I'm, I, yeah. I, I really get bothered by that insecurity, mm -hmm. which is what I call it. Yeah. Uh, what What's the problem? Let let them do their story. Why does it bother you? If you don't like it, don't fucking read it. <laughs> I mean, again, again, that's just how I, I, I go with it. That's just me. And you saw then, the whole controversy with God of War that just happened with um they released the, the, the visuals for the game and they were like having a, a, a bitch fit about it having one black character. It's just like, oh my God. Oh, oh, the world is in. That the was a black God. Oh my God. <laughs> This is crazy. Yeah, and that's another know. reason I want to do games is because, yeah, that, that needs to be regulated. So I want to create something so good that y'all can't even. Yeah, that needs to stop, yo. I mean, yeah. gaming, like a, a color in a game is not dominant. Stop that shit right now. Don't even it's fuck ridiculous. around. Characters are <laughs> characters. What's the problem? I mean, majority of the world is of color. So it's just like, what are y'all 
God forbid you put me in a video game. Big weapon with gray hair, walking around with a Puerto Rican flag and underwear probably in the video game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass you guys. I'm going to get you guys angry. I'll do it on purpose. <laughs> okay, no ideas for your game now. Representing me. How dare you? Um, so what's uh, what's in the future? <laughs> no, no, I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so what's in the future you know, for you know, Shiro, for Raven? Hmm. You know, and what else? And is there anything else coming up outside of that? Okay, so the future, like when I met you in 2018, we were shooting a documentary, so we had cameras yeah. there. So we're, I'm working on an ending for the documentary. Like we have all this footage from Korea. Oh, you still Antigua. doing it? No, well, yeah, we're finishing it wow. now. So it's been what four years of shooting? Wow, I mean, a four-year yeah. journey of so shooting. Oh, I can't of wait to see it. this kid. Yeah. Wow. So this is so we've been shooting since. We started in Korea, we went to North Carolina, my hometown, we started at home. We went to Indonesia, we went to New York, came back, I did my own Comic-Con, LA Comic-Con. Yo, uh, wait a minute. Shirokan in LA. You said that Korea and Indonesia, how are those markets and how did they uh, receive you? I'm curious. You gotta see it in the documentary. Oh, it was yeah. great though. Oh, I'll, I'll just give you a sneak peek though. But like in Korea, like we um, we sold out of books. Um, I, I thought I sold out sooner. So in the documentary, you'll see me like, like panicking because it's like there's still a whole day left in the comic con and i don't think i have any more books and then i oh, remember damn. that on the table i i used some of the books to make the display so my my producer was like wait what's that and i was like those are my other books so we had like nice. one thing of books so we got through comic con in korea we had like maybe two books left but then wow. i had another event i had to go to the military base in korea so i had to have more books printed while i was there so How we was sold that? Out. Oh my god! I kind of see this process, and you freaking it out. <laughs> it was amazing. I was freaking I'm out. I'm gonna be scared for you. Yo, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do this to me. You're gonna get me stressed watching it's, this. It's like it's like anything that could go wrong goes wrong, <laughs> especially when you're going overseas somewhere. So there was a lot of that that happened. But I mean, we got out of it unscathed. It was it was it was a dope experience to do that. Um, Indonesia, like there was a lot of uh, military personnel that was in in Korea and Indonesia. There was none of that. It was just straight up Indonesian people. So it was like, okay, this is going to be the true test because in Korea, it was like, I sold to a lot of Korean people that you know that live there, but then I also sold to a lot of military people as well. They were happy to see me because I had shirts that were their sizes. And so <laughs> in Indonesia, it's like, well, this is another test because this is just, they're straight up, everybody's here is Indonesia. It's maybe one black person that I saw there, maybe like two white people that were there like with uh, the consulate or something or whatever, or with the U.S. Embassy. Um, but everybody else was Indonesian. But oh my God, it was like with open arms. They were so happy to see me. The women were just like tell, like coming up to me, like this is so great. I'm so glad to see a black woman doing this and a black character. So nice. it, was, it was great. Um, I can't wait for you guys to see the footage from it. It's it's it was amazing. So like right now is me doing the ending of it. It's just like okay, Raven is done. So we've done five books now, going to the trade paperback. So that'll probably be the end of the of the documentary. So I've yeah, it was just, it's been a whole process. In a whole Wonderful. process. Is That's what's next. Any ETA on, on that? Well, it just depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks. Like by the end of the year, when we get some trade paperback, then we can kind of like finish the, the documentary. So right now I'm just looking for finishing funds to um, edit. So that's why I'm applying yeah. for grants right now to kind of get that popping. Um, also, like I say, like we're trying to do Raven as a game. So um, handling that, talking to different people in the industry that are in that avenue. Um, that's been really cool to meet some new people on that that world. Um, pre the prequel of Raven Choi, which is Young Grandmaster Choi, probably will come out with next year. 
But we go back and show Raven growing up as a little karate kid in Korea and just kind of her dealing with her parents' death right after it happens. But it's not going to be sad. It's going to be a really fun little story for little kids to see, little karate kids to watch. Um, it's going to be four books, probably. And we're probably going to do a animated show um, with it, a series. So, um, yeah, lots of stuff. I mean, yeah, just writing. I'm, what I've been doing with my writing, with my screenwriting, is creating hybrid projects. So I'll write a comic book for it, and then I'll write the film for it. So the movie that's out right now that I had a meeting about this morning was, it's called The Legend of Cahokia. So it it's a franchise, and it starts out with like an eight-page comic that goes over the mythology of what happens in Cahokia. Then the, the movie goes, it's like Jumanji, like they get sucked into this Native American underworld. So it's a really fun action type of um, a movie. So next year I have two projects like that that we're going to do um, with a comic and a, a film. So um, that's kind of how I'm rolling out stuff for Shiro at this point. I love it. Look, look, uh, the woman is nonstop, yo. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> I love it. This, yeah. one, this is why one of my favorite entrepreneurs, yo, that it keeps inspi- inspiring me because she keeps totally busy, yo. Some real business. Yeah, what? Well, you're, you're a mogulpreneur. You're like, <laughs> I, I've hashtag that mogulpreneur because you, you're like, yeah, because you hit in all aspects. You know, well, I tell Mogul. people that's that's my thing. I wanna, I want world domination. Well, <laughs> well, let's do it. I tell let's, people, let's be picky in the brain. Let's do. What are you doing tonight? Yes, <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what I'm thinking. What are you doing? Gonna take over the world. Let's do it. <laughs> that let's was the cartoon that inspired all of this. Was Pinky in the Brain? That's all. I used to always say that. Actually, yeah, I love that yeah. shit too. Yo, growing up, right? This little bastard, but he's so right. Let's yes. Do <laughs> <laughs> let's do it, kiddo. You know, mm-hmm. so with that, yo, Shaquita, you've been an awesome guest. Yo, love, love, love yeah. talking with you. You're so inspirational, so ambitious. It's just infectious. I mean, oh. whoever has listened to this is probably fired up and probably looking stuff up. I want to start my own thing too. You, you, you should. Really, you're an inspiration, yo. Thank, Thank you so you. much for hanging out. So, folks, there you go. Check out the social media. She's killing it everywhere with Shiro Comics. All right. <laughs> She's trademark okay, she's on that trademarks business. <laughs> and then the, and on the website, sherocomics.com. Check out all the amazing projects from the comics to the short films to everything she's gonna do. Women, this is the future, right? This is why you gotta inspire like what she's doing. Yeah. Yo, she's very inspirational for real. Uh thank you. Give you your flowers, yo. Just thank you for sharing of yourself. Thank you for sharing your talent. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing your ambition, not being afraid, you know, for putting yourself out there. Uh, for people like myself that, that that eat this stuff up, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank nah, you so absolutely. much. And thanks for supporting me over the years. It's like, it's it's hard out here for a pimp, man. It's like, so I get like, you. people like you that support and that post about the stuff that's, that we're doing, it, it helps a lot. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of... Um, a lot of noise, a lot of noise out here. A lot of people, you know, trying to get your attention. So it's it's cool when someone says, I see you and they support support. Well, so I'm glad you came I'm to my table. Support. I was good. It was good to see you. Uh, Hopefully we'll listen. see a couple of clients again one day. <laughs> wifey, <laughs> wifey could tell you when I saw Shiro comics, I said, babe, I got to stop here. I've been, <laughs> I've, I've been supporting her stuff for a minute. We got to stop here. She's like, and they Ooh. had me in the back. They had me all the way in the back. Yeah. That was the, that was the comic con that I thought was going to break me. I thought <laughs> I've been all over with the Korea. We went to all these places, but New York, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out of this one alive. Like, the, by day two, I had lost my voice. I couldn't speak. 
I'm my, my, my producer, I'm like, you're you going to have what? to crash the sale. <laughs> that made me happy, though, because that whole section was, in fact, very busy at that time. Yeah, it was. With, well, no, and it's sort of support of the people. Yeah, what they said that they did was in the back, they put the more um, popular people. Yeah. It was, that was, I got someone else's table, so I wasn't the popular person. They put back there <laughs> a lot of the people, like the guys Come who were Batman or whatever, they put them back there so people would be forced to walk to the back to gotcha. get their autographs from them. So, like, if you looked on the other rows, there were other, like, major guys who were back there, like, signing stuff. And I was just there, like, hey, <laughs> come Don't talk. be so humble, though. Don't be so <laughs> humble. You big no, time no. yourself. No, Mark was up on the other end of it. So I knew, like, okay, if I'm back here, they're telling, they said the celebrities are back here, like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, take it, take it. Like, I, you know, I, take I, it. I did. Hey, we we hey. cleaned up in New York. We did really, really good in New York. So I'm, I'm so happy about that. I would hope so because New York is a big comic book town and I'm glad that they actually supported that whole side and they actually visited yeah. your table. That's very important. Because again, as a you know, female POC creator, I want other people to see that. My daughter, you know, she goes to Fusta University, for example, she's gonna be a future creator. And I love yeah. for her to see, you know, individuals like yourself, strong women in the business, kicking mm-hmm. the fuck ass, you know, not taking no for an answer and just yeah. making stuff happen. So you know, thank you for being that inspiration to to many young ladies and young men, and even old men like myself. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right? No, thank you. So, what's up, folks? You know what to do. Please, I'm gonna show you one more time before we go. It's shirocomics.com. Yes. Not just the website, but also all over the social medias, yo. Check it out, Raven Choi, all that good stuff, yo. Creator's an amazing creator, an amazing brand ambassador. And, you know, she definitely has an eye on the future when it comes to, you know, great content. Not just POC content, but great content. You know what I mean? Which is what, for me, is the most important part of everything right there. It's like, you know what? The color shouldn't matter. It's the story that should. And when you make good stuff, it definitely shows. So I can't wait to see the documentary, the TV show, and read the next volume because you got me hooked. And with that, Almega, Shakira Smith. You know what to do. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.